0: Hello there, and welcome to the Fox Den. Nistu Anagok Bixipidaki. I am Andrea Truejoy Fox, your host for Talks with a Fox. I'm happy you have joined me on this colorful adventure of self discovery and lifelong learning. Throughout my journey, I have met some amazing human beings who are living inspirational and intentional lives as they fulfill their purpose and share their gifts with the world. I am excited to share these conversations with you, as well as some stories from my life as a Blackfoot woman, Nitsuta Byaki, and as a teacher and artist who is navigating through this exciting and beautiful world we live in, challenges and all. So grab a tea or coffee and get ready to feel inspired as you reflect on your own exciting journey and your connection to the world. We are in this together and there is so much for us to learn and share. Let's do this. Hi, everybody. I just want to tell you about the Lion's Mane Elixir. It is my favorite product from Everyday Natural Products. It improves cognitive performance and memory, strengthens nervous system, and supports skin repair. I add it into my favorite drink, such as peppermint tea, but you can put it in any one of your favorite drinks. Go to enpstore.com to get your very own Lion's Mane Elixir and to check out all the other amazing natural health products. And remember, natural products you can feel good about taking every day from kids to cats. And if you use my code TWAF, you will receive a special discount for being a Talks with a Fox supporter and listener. Go to enpstore.com to get your own lion's mane elixir. Everyday natural products. Hello everybody, I am Andrea Truejoy-Fox, your host for Talks with a Fox podcast, and I am so excited to talk to this beautiful, lovely Indigenous business entrepreneur who is doing some wonderful things across the country with her talents. She goes by the name of Desiree moriso kisik and she is an Anishinaabe woman who was born and raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Oki Bouju Desiree, did I say it right? Bouju, you sure did. Yes. Hello. Thank you so much for
1: having me today.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Um, I love that word by the way. I, I have some Anishinaabe friends and I just love seeing that word and hearing it. So I wanted to make sure I, I said it right. <laughs> oh, thank you, Migretch. I appreciate that. It's so nice to be here today. Thank you for taking time. I know as an entrepreneur, you're always busy. And you know, with all the wonderful clients that you do your ma- you work your magic on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know that <laughs> the day just gets away on us. So first of all, you come from Win- Winnipeg, Manitoba, and where is your family from? Your, I guess your mom and your dad's families, where do they yeah. come from? So my
1: mom is from Crane River, Manitoba, um, so it's a reserve probably about, I would say, like, half hour, 40 minutes outside of Dauphin, Manitoba, which is a small town. My mom was actually raised in Dauphin. She's the youngest of 10. So we have a very big family. Um, All of my aunties and uncles are kind of like my second parents, which is really cool. Um, And then my dad's side of the family comes from Grassy Narrows, Ontario. um, a reserve probably about like an hour outside of Kenora. Um, Yeah. And then
0: I was born and raised here in Winnipeg in Winnipeg's North End. I've have never been to Manitoba yet but it's on my list and you know maybe the next time I'm there you can do my makeup for me.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah come visit we would love to have
0: you. Awesome okay so for our lovely listeners who are getting to know who you are you have your business called Makeup by DCMK and you're a freelance makeup artist that's so amazing like I just want to say that's how I got to know who you were was your work showed up in my search feed on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to see who this woman is who's creating all these beautiful palettes of color on all these beautiful Indigenous women and non-Indigenous women. I see you have all sorts of clients. And then I noticed that you were part of a photography project. But before we get into that, tell me why you do what you do and why you love doing what you do.
1: Okay, awesome. Um, Well, it's kind of a weird story, actually, Andrea, because growing up, I was definitely a tomboy. Um, Everybody was super, super surprised when I got um, (laughs) makeup makeup artistry, because I was the type of kid that was always playing with the boys, always getting dirty. Um, You know, sports were a big thing. So, you know, I actually didn't really start wearing makeup until like my later teens. Um, So for me, I'm actually a graduate of the University of Manitoba. I did a Bachelor's of Arts focusing in Native Studies, minoring in Sociology, and I had a really great time doing my university degree, but it was actually really tough, too, just because I felt a lot of pressure to have, like, I guess, like, a typical kind of job, and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, I call it, like, a an early midlife crisis after I graduated <laughs> from university at 24. Um, and so you know, I kind of decided to just take a step back and kind of reflect on what I wanted. And, you know, I had this plan in mind of how my life was going to look and all these things, and it wasn't really, um, you know, connecting, I guess. So I just. Just a random job working as an admissions advisor at um, a place called MC College, um, which is found actually across Canada. Um, and I was working as admissions advisor, and it's a school that has aesthetics, um, hairstyling, and like a fashion school. So while I was there, I got really close with the evening instructor at the time, Nicole Admondson. She was definitely a mentor to me. She was a really wicked woman and she was just super kind, very loving, very bubbly. Um, And I decided to take her evening makeup artistry course. Um, And I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. I was just starting to dabble, you know, a little bit more into makeup and I really enjoyed it. And then it just kind of skyrocketed from there. Like i I was naturally really good at it. Um, you know, it was something I really, really enjoyed. And I think the the best part that I loved about it was the connections that I made with clients. Um, you know, starting out, I really had to put myself out there and really just let... I was really promoting myself to anybody. Like, let me do... <laughs> No, I'll do it for free. Just like, come, let me do it. Um, so, but it was really cool because I got to meet so many different people from all different walks of life, all different socioeconomic backgrounds. And, you know, I'm, I'm a storyteller and I love to hear other people's stories and, and listening. That's something that I did a lot with my musham, um, you know, growing up. And I just think that that's, that's kind of like what connected me to makeup artistry. Obviously the art of it is beautiful and I love it, but it was definitely that connection with people. That's kind of like the the long version, I guess,
0: of how it was. I love it. That's what I love to hear is where people started from those, uh, I guess, those seeds that were planted and where their journey went. And Uh that's so incredible. And I, I see that in you, just hearing your lovely voice and your personality and you exude all of that confidence and connection to people. From your pictures and from your um, just how I can see it in your clients, the photos that you post of them, you can see it on their faces that they feel great about themselves and special. Again, I just want to say, especially as women, we sometimes can be so hard on ourselves and I think we are our biggest critics and then Mm -hmm. for someone in your field to be able to remind somebody how special they are and you bring that out. And yeah, I just, I love that. And what a story. I mean, it's interesting how life takes us to the places that it does. And I think to be able to be, great at what you do to have those skills but like you said that connection to people is so important because people are putting their faces in your hands so to speak and (laughs) that's a lot of (laughs) that's a lot of trust
1: I'm entering their personal space yeah like their little bubble right so I always yes honored and privileged when people choose me not only because they enjoy my work and you know they like the type of uh, style of makeup um, you know that I do but also because they want to spend time with me like that's a huge thing when somebody yes to you and says like hey I want to get my hair done by you or I want to get my nails done by you or my makeup whatever it is I want to go shopping with you and come to your boutique they're choosing you they want to spend time with you and to me that's so freaking cool that somebody you know has a connection with me just by seeing either my website or online um, and then they've chosen to yeah like give up their free time to come hang out with me.
0: (laughs) It's really cool. Yes. Well, I want to hang out with you and, and, and I get to right now. So <laughs> um, that's awesome. And yeah, you know, I can totally relate with your story about being a tomboy. Cause that I was like, oh my gosh, that was me. I, I did not like being put in dresses and I usually would compromise with my mom. It was like for a special occasion. It's like, okay, I'll wear a dress, but I want to wear my runners, you know, or yeah. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting out of these shoes as soon as we're done with photos. Oh
1: yeah, I can totally relate to that. I remember so many times, um, my cookum would like braid, or my mom would braid my hair in like tight, tight French braids. Right?
0: Yeah.
1: I had long hair past my bum, and I was a jingle dress dancer. And so, like, hair is obviously really important to us as Indigenous women, Indigenous people in general. Right? It's it's a yes spirit. And so, for me, like, I always appreciated my hair, but I didn't at the same time because I was a tomboy and I didn't want to brush. You know, I stuck it under a baseball cap all the time. So um, I can definitely relate to you there.
0: wow okay so tell me about your journey through university you were taking like you said sociology and Native American studies what was that journey like for you because I love hearing the different stories and perspectives of Indigenous post-secondary students and I Mm -hmm. like to hear about their journey and so what was that like for you
1: um it was overall a really great experience um it definitely I I I wouldn't say part-time, but I didn't, I didn't do it full-time. Like I started when I was 18, I finished when I was 24. Um, I was taking about three to four courses per term um, because I wasn't necessarily the best high school student. Like I didn't have the best grades. Um, English was definitely my favorite class in high school. And I loved to read and write, um, as you can tell, like from the storytelling aspect. So when it came time to university, I definitely doubted myself, um, You know, I always thought that, like, that wasn't a place for me. That wasn't where I was going to go. I didn't know if I could actually hack it. So it was very nerve-wracking for me. But, you know, a lot of my friends were doing it. My mom, who is a single mom, she raised three kids on her own. She did um her social work degree while working um full time when we were when i was little so like i saw her struggle i saw her you know work so hard for her family and to do better and to obtain that degree and i wanted to make her proud so that was definitely one of the reasons why i went to university but i don't know if i was ready at the time at 18 i don't regret anything but it was definitely I, you know i was kind of all over the place what i wanted to do and i think that i was I was definitely doing things for other people rather than for myself, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just, you kind of have to make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. So yes, I think that's why I had a hard time once I graduated because I wasn't sure where I wanted to go. You know, having your bachelor's degree, like that's a huge accomplishment, but I didn't feel yes. Like that. And now I feel that way as I'm in my thirties, I'm like you know, you go girl. I say that to anybody that's going to post-secondary, like that's a huge accomplishment. Like don't downplay, you know, your bachelor's degree, but to myself all the time. And I got in my own head. Um, and I was super shy. Like I definitely did not have the confidence that I have now. Um, I'm still like an introvert extrovert, but you know, 18, 19, 20, I was the type of student that went to the back of the classroom. I wouldn't make eye contact. (laughs) Like making friends was like, Oh God, like, please no, (laughs) talk to me. You know, I was just so nervous. And, um, it wasn't until towards the end of my second year of university that I was just like, okay, no, it's screw it. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm just going to do what I came here to do and to meet people and, you know, learn. And that's kind of what I did. And I ended up getting really close with the Department of Native Studies um, at my university. And I actually ended up getting hired um, as an editor for the department newsletter. And I was working really closely with the department head at the time. Um, And it was just an amazing experience because it allowed me the opportunity to step outside my comfort zone and to network. And I didn't realize how important that was to meet new people. To listen. You know, you don't always have to be talking. You don't, you don't always have just show up and just listen. People will recognize that and people will see that consistency is there, that you're always there, that you're always putting yourself out there. Um, And that was definitely a game changer for me when it came to university. And uh yeah, I was, I, I after that, I had a really great experience because I started to kind of let my guard down, I guess
0: you should say. I'm a teacher, right? And I was not that... <laughs> perfect student, if you will, which I don't think exists, but my grades too. I struggled through school and and then high school, it was like, yeah, the goal is to go to university. Both my parents went to university and I was like, okay, that's where I'm going. And, but man, I I struggled. And same thing here. I started at 18 and I didn't finish till I think I was 24, 25. And where I started Compared to where I finished, I can totally relate, Desiree, because yeah, I I, and I always say this, even to high school students that I've taught, take your time through your education journey, because those first few years are still all about you figuring out who you are and what you want to do with the rest of your life. And it's okay if you don't have any of that figured out. But the important thing is once you get there, just try hard and you may not have the best first few years, but just keep going. And I love how you talked about that consistency and learning to listen i think that's such a great life skill is listening and you just sound like such a an amazing woman who's doing some amazing things and what an example i'm so excited because i know i have a lot of indigenous female listeners and some of them are even in high school and in university and i know that they'll really enjoy hearing your perspective and it's reassuring because Sometimes we don't talk about the hard stuff, right? We're so busy, like, I made it. And, you know, and like you said, yay to those accomplishments. But it's Mm -hmm. okay to also share those experiences that challenged us initially.
1: Totally. I wish I would have had that more, to be honest. I wish I would have, you know, um, not had this cookie cutter idea of like, what your life should be like and this, the, you know, this idea that life is linear when it definitely is not, you know, um, things yes. curve balls all the time and you kind of have to have to adapt with it. And that was something that I I didn't know, um, you know, being younger, I just thought, you know, you graduate high school, you go to university, you get a job, you you love your job, you get married, you have kids, like you just have this linear life and that is not mm-hmm. what my life is like. And I'm happy about it, but you know, it takes It it takes, like you said, getting to know who you are and, um, the woman that you want to be and growing into yourself. And I constantly tell folks like, you're never going to be the same person. You're constantly going to grow. Like you're constantly going to adapt. You're constantly going to change. And that was something that I really needed to get comfortable with. And I wasn't, um, I wasn't comfortable with that for a really long time. I thought I had an idea and when that idea kind of got thrown out the window, I had to adapt and it was the best thing that happened to me for sure.
0: Wow. Yes. (laughs) I really appreciate your outlook on life. And that's how we are as Indigenous women. I believe that's a big part of our resiliency is having that kind of an outlook on life and that determination to keep going despite the challenges that we meet and it's very telling of who you are and how you were raised so you you share you mentioned your gookum can you tell mm-hmm. me about her
1: yeah um more so um she was a mother to 10 beautiful babies my mom is the youngest um you know, she she was the backbone of our family. Um, beautiful Anishinaabe Kwe. Um, you know, she spoke the language. She ran Anishinaabe um daycare. Um, I didn't get to attend. My cousins got to attend when I was younger. Um, she passed when I was quite young, but she helped my mom a lot, a lot. when I was very little. She passed when I was seven. Um, but to this day, she is... She is the person that we do everything for, you know, our entire family. She's the person that um, we thank and we honor and we love and we constantly laugh and, you know, speak of memories. And although I only had her for seven years of my life, she made an incredible impact on me. Um, and I remember details. I mean, I spent most of my days with her, my mom you know, was working long hours and she needed help. So I had my own bedroom. It was always, it's always the joke of the family that, you know, I'm the little baby because I'm one of the youngest ones and I had my, <laughs> my kookum's house, right? And you know, I often get teased by my older cousins because um, I'm the baby, but no, she, our family is definitely, um, definitely a matriarchal family and that's in the sense that she raised us she took care of her whole family like her whole world was her family and she taught that to her daughters like my aunties and my mom Um, and I am so honored and just just so incredibly blessed to have so many incredible indigenous matriarchs to look up to within my family and I think that's definitely made me the person that I am today.
0: Oh, yes. A big honor to all these wonderful women, you know, because women, we are the heartbeats of our communities. And just thinking, I was reading through your website, you're very passionate about and involved with social justice. And as we think about what has happened to our women, from the missing and murdered Indigenous women to how society has categorized us or marginalized us, we are the heartbeat of our community. So, taking care of us and taking care of ourselves and supporting each other is so crucial to the continuation of our communities. Mm -hmm. I believe that women, we're at the core of it. We heal our communities. We take care of our communities. And it sounds like you had and still have such a wonderful, strong circle of women around you.
1: Yes, I definitely do. Um, Not only just uh, family, like blood family, but I mean, friends and colleagues. And just, I'm just surrounded by like Winnipeg here, like here in Winnipeg, we have so many incredible, beautiful Indigenous women. You know, I don't have much experience Um, in other cities and other towns across Canada. Um, You know, I'm kind of a a homebody in that sense, but here in Winnipeg, in Manitoba, we have some incredible women that I'm constantly looking up to. Um, You know, even folks that I've never even met before. Social media is that amazing place where I'm just, like, so in awe of all of these Indigenous women that are just game changers and just making these powerful moves, and I'm just, like, so inspired by them, and what I love is that, like, our babies get to see them. You know, I'm not a mother. I hope to be one day, but I just I think it's so incredible that our babies and our nieces and nephews get to be raised by these incredible women, and uh, yeah, it's a true honor to be in their presence,
0: yes, oh well said, <laughs> wow, I relate in so many ways, Desiree, you know, on a personal note, and you're such an incredible woman, and i'm just I'm so happy you're able to be on the podcast and share your voice and your passion and and remind other women and other people in general just to think of all the resilience of that we have and all the beauty within us. Speaking of, one thing that really caught my eye, one of many things I should say, is the black and white portrait project that you mm-hmm. are part of. Can you tell me the name of that and how that came to be and just kind of describe it so the audience knows what I'm referring to?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, So the Sisterhead Project, it's fairly new. The Sisterhead Project um, was done, I think I started posting them a few weeks ago, um, and it features 10 beautiful Indigenous women. Um, And how the project initially uh, came about um, was from another artist. Um, Another artist had actually um, inspired it and inspired me um, to be able to put something together for... um, other Indigenous women, I really wanted to be able to showcase, um, you know, our, the differences between who we are as women, but also to kind of fight those stereotypes that we're constantly fighting. Um, that was something that I've constantly seen, whether it's on social media or in the newspaper newspaper articles in the comments section. It was just something that I was tired of, tired of seeing how our women are constantly portrayed um, and stereotyped. And I just wanted to help do something about it. You know, when I first started doing makeup, I said, I want to, I want to make a change. Like I don't want to just do makeup. Like I want to inspire people. I want to bring hope. I want to send a message and I want to share you know, and things that are I'm passionate about and things that I'm that, that are important to me. And even if one person looks or one person listens, I think that that's a huge feat. So it was actually Casey Adams, um, who is an Indigenous artist here from Winnipeg. Um, she put together what's called a Perception Series. You might have heard of it. Um, it started out in Winnipeg, but it was across Canada. And it was really cool billboards. Um, she had taken before and after photos of Indigenous folks, Um that uh, one of the first photo was a, a stoic photo, I guess you should say, like um, straight face, no smiling. And then underneath it had a bunch of stereotypes. And then the next photo, still black and white, was the same Indigenous person, but smiling. And it had um, beautiful, um, um, beautiful, uh, I guess, um words underneath that described this person like friend daughter educator creator inspiring happy beautiful and i just thought this was so cool and i remember seeing it back in 2017 and i thought wow like for non especially for non-indigenous folks that carry a lot of these stereotypes with them these billboards were everywhere they were at bus stations they were in buses they were big huge billboards and i just thought that was so cool because it was really in your face you know it was like we're here we're not the way that you think we are you know and we're and we're going to keep um being resilient and rising up and showcasing how beautiful our nations are and so that always stuck with me and you know i always have these grand ideas of Things that I want to do and projects. And I had teamed up with a friend of mine, Chunky Photography, Chelsea here in Winnipeg. And I told her about my ideas. I said, you know, I kind of want to take Casey Adams project and adapt it a little bit more to incorporate makeup artistry. So we did before and after photos, we did black and white photos with no makeup on of these women. And then we did, um, after photos. And I told these women to wear whatever makes them feel beautiful, whatever you like, if that means straight wear, if that means your regalia, if that means mocks, your favorite t-shirt hoodie, whatever it is, you come wearing whatever it is that you want. And so I did their makeup and we spent time together, but I also did an interview with each of them. So I asked them a series of questions to get to know them better and to really, this was meant for non-Indigenous folks too, to really understand how they can themselves, um, you know, take initiative over their education um, when it comes to reconciliation, when it comes to changing those stereotypes, when it comes to sitting down with you know your family and having a conversation about what's going on in the world right now, and being able to say, "Hey, you know what? Actually, you're wrong." And these are the reasons why. That's the kind of conversations that I wanted to inspire. But I also wanted to give a platform to these beautiful women um, to be able to share who they are and to bring confidence and to showcase just how amazing they are, both inside and out. So that's kind of how it adapted. And then I was able to take these photos and post them on my social media, and I did blog posts um, about each of them and. Uh, The outcome was absolutely incredible. And um, it's something that I'm really proud of, but I'm mostly proud of those women because it takes a lot of courage to be able to put yourself out there and to share your story, to share who you are and have your photo taken and presented to the entire world. So uh, I give a huge chi miigwech to them because um, without them, this project would have never been able to happen.
0: Oh, yes, that is so incredible. And we just need to continue to see ourselves in those ways because, like you said, media does not always represent or accurately represent who we are. And so we have to take charge of that and say, this is who we are. This is who I am. And I just love that. What a beautiful concept and what a beautiful idea. Uh, Yes, because when I looked at those photos, I was just immediately, it caught my eye and I could feel the strength and the spirit of the women in the photos, because, you know, we look at photos and sometimes it feels like we're looking at a photo. But in this case, it made me feel like I knew who these people were by the way they were photographed, the way you did their makeup, and then the way that they wrote about themselves, you know, the captions of who they are. And I was looking through your blog and I love the questions that were asked. And then I stumble. So, by the way, um, a big, you know, a big congrats to you and Chelsea for putting that together. And what a wonderful, powerful way to honor our women and our sisters across Turtle Island. Yes, those those ladies were so. Uh, what a gift to give them, and and also yes, <laughs> and mm-hmm. also for them to take that step of courage and bravery to be like, okay, you know, you can. Here I am, and here's my story. Exactly. So speaking of, I'm looking at your blog. I just want to keep reading your blog, and I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, I, I'm so glad I discovered this wonderful, strong Indigenous woman, and I love how you talk about your writing and that. You started with yourself as a subject. Mm-hmm. What was that process like for you? Because sometimes it's hard for us to talk about ourselves or start with yourself. But in this case, I feel like I have a really good picture of who you are. How was that process for you writing about yourself as your subject?
1: Um, you know what? It's it's always intimidating. You, okay, you know what? It's actually, it's easy when I know no one's going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds so funny. It's easy. Cause like I've journaled all my life. Like that was something my mushroom taught me, um, my grandfather. Um, and he, he, what an incredible man he was. He, he taught me, you know, reading and writing. And that was much of my therapy growing up was I had all these thoughts, all of these emotions, Um, you know, traumas to work through, happiness to work through, anything. And so I wrote. I have notebooks filled of the stuff that I used to write. So when it comes to writing about myself, it's not as scary because I've done it so long. The scary part is knowing that you're putting it out there for everyone else to read um and mm. else to to see right um you know and then you got you get those things those thoughts in your mind like what are they going to say how are they going to feel are they going to like it are they going to like me like all of these negative things that come into your mind when really it should just be like who cares you know you are who you are you put it out there you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea not everybody's going to enjoy you and that's perfectly okay so in the beginning, it was really interesting because my partner Shelby um, was the one to kind of push me to start my blog. You know, he knows how much I love to read and write. And he's such a beautiful, supportive partner. And, you know, he's been kind of pushing me and pushing me um, for a long time. And finally I said, you know what, I think you're right. I think I'm going to do it. And when I told him about my project, he was completely on board, super supportive. And he said, you know, I think you need to do an intro. I think you need to talk a little bit about yourself and allow people the to get to know you, like the real you, you know. And so, it was super intimidating when he said that. I was like, "What do people do that? Like, why do I have to do that?" <laughs> <laughs> but, you know he he made some he, uh, he made some good points, and he said, you know, if you want people to invest in your blog and in and your writing, and your artwork, and everything, then you need to invest in yourself too, right? You need to kind of put yourself out there and and share who you are. So I said, okay, let's do it then. And, um, the nice thing about the way that I've written my blog is that it kind of just comes to me, you know, I'll just take a night and I'll do an hour and then it's just there. Um, I try not to think too much of it. I'm definitely not a writer, you know, I definitely make mistakes, but it's just, it's so fun to me. It's so fun for me to just share and to put my thoughts to paper. Um, and it's just, kind of allowing yourself to be courageous and share whatever's on your mind. You know, most people would think I would focus most on beauty, um, you know, beauty products, uh, ways to wear makeup, all that kind of stuff, which I mean, I probably will incorporate into my blog. Um, But again, I kind of use it as a space to just like share about everything and kind of relate it back to that. Um, It's just a lot, a, a place for me to be able to share what's on my mind, share what's important to me, and hope that I can, you know, have at least one person that will relate to it and walk away feeling like, not alone, because um, sometimes it can be lonely. And sometimes you just need somebody to connect with. And whether it's through social media or in person or a movie or an article or a blog, um, I hope that I can I can do that for other people.
0: I can say that you are. <laughs> <laughs> we just met and I I just feel the warmth of who you are. And like I said, looking at your blog, reading it, and then going through your Instagram and looking at your portfolio, just yes. And those are very wise words introduce who you are bringing your voice forward what your partner had shared with you and I can see that in the who I am blog that's so wonderful and for our listeners make sure you visit Desiree's blog makeupbydcmk.com and of course I will put all the links on the web pages here but reading your blog is just honestly it's like When I get up, I like to read. I like to look at articles or read a book and drink some coffee or tea. This is like a blog that I could see myself reading when I wake up in the day and to get myself started, to feel inspired and motivated. So for all my lovely listeners out there, make sure you check out Desiree's blog and of course, all of the photos and her portfolio. Thank you. Yeah. So man, there's so much I want to talk with you about. (laughs) Okay. So I really appreciate how you talk about having a supportive partner because, you know, having healthy relationships, I think, as Indigenous people, because of residential schools and colonization and the genocide that we have been through, that affected our family systems, it affected our parenting, and it affected our relationships, our marriages, our partnerships. What can you share about for our listeners out there who are looking at ways or who are still learning about having healthy relationships. What can you share about that, Desiree?
1: Mm, that's a really great question. Um, I think you need to find somebody that's, that, that's your best friend, you know, that really has your best interests in mind. Um, that's, that's to me the most important thing, respect, respect, honesty, um, kindness, um, you know, anything like everything to do with our seven sacred teachings, find that in a partner, you know, um, that loyalty. I just think that it's so important to have somebody that walks alongside you, not a couple steps ahead of you, not a couple steps behind you, but really walks right beside you, holding your hand, supporting you, loving you and for you to do the same to them. You know, no relationship is perfect. Um, you know, you're always going to have your ups and downs. You're always going to have your disagreements, but the important thing is just having a, a safe space with that person where you can communicate and lay everything out. And that's, that's something that, um, I finally have. And I think it's really, really awesome. Especially when you find a partner that even if, even if everything doesn't align, cause th- you're going to find somebody that you're, you know, you really care for, you're really attracted to, you know, um, you think that you're going to hit it off, but like, you you really need to think like, do, do our core values match up? Do our morals match up? Like, what do we want out of life? And that's the kind of thing that I never really thought to think of until I was a little bit older, you know? Um, and I'm just so, so fortunate and so grateful to have the partner that I have. He's, he's definitely one of a kind and a very gentle, silent soul. <laughs> Doesn't, But when he does, it's very impactful. And yeah, I just think, um, I just think, putting time and effort into your relationship and making sure that you feel comfortable, you know, within your relationship, comfortable to voice your boundaries, your concerns, your wants, your, 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 your stuff that you're dislike, anything like that. I think it's really, really important to not only focus on the good stuff, but focus on the stuff that isn't so good. So that way you can make it better. You know, when you have a partner that listens to you and cares for you, um, they will make the time for you.
0: Oh, I love that. Yay. I I love that. And I, I'm so happy to hear that. And I'm so happy that the listeners can hear such wise words and powerful messages. I think that learning how to have healthy relationships is something that will be really helpful to us, even relationship and friendship and relationship with self. Definitely. I love this. And I'm so thankful that you shared these wonderful messages, Desiree. And I just want to say he must be a very special person because he has a very special lady. No, <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. He's <laughs> gonna be all cheese when he hears this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh all right, my dear I'm going to bring us into the final four. And these are questions that basically I just ask you and on the spot and whatever comes to mind, you answer, which I know you're not going to have a problem doing because you are so well spoken. So are you ready for that?
1: Okay, let's, let's, go. let's see how it goes.
0: <laughs> okay. So I was looking through your blog and I was like, oh, wow, she loves to read and write. So do you have a favorite book? And if you do, what is one of your favorite books?
1: Um, Yes, I do. It is um, Me Funny by Drew Hayden Taylor. That's it. I always think his first name. (laughs) 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 Um, funny it's it's an incredible it's an incredible book humor has always been an essential part of indigenous culture right and um, so my my grandfather introduced me to this book and so growing up I think the reason why I love reading so much is because first of all, my mom forced me to, she was going through social work, like go doing her degree. So even if I was reading the book upside down at three, four years old, she forced me to read a book when she was reading a book. Um, and secondly was my grandfather. We had this book club, so he had books upon books. And, um, one of our special things that we would do together was I would pick a book for him and he would pick a book for me to read and then we would read it and we would share and we kind of have like a mini book club, just the two of us. And one of the, yeah, it was amazing. It was uh, memories that I'll hold so near and dear to my heart for the rest of my life. And um, one of the books that he gave me, I remember I was telling you earlier how I didn't really, I had this plan. And my my grandfather always told me, Desiree, you know, don't take your life so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. When he got us laughing, me and my mom, boy, could he make us laugh, you know? (laughs) Uh, Oh, he just had this this humor about him. And he knew when to be serious and when not. But oftentimes I was was so serious. I carried a lot of emotions with me growing up, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration for a bunch of different reasons. And he gave me this book and he said, my girl, the only way you're going to get through life is if you learn how to laugh at yourself. You know, Mm, learn to laugh. Yeah, you learn to laugh at your mistakes. You learn to laugh at the hard times, the good times, everything in between. And so he gave me this book, and it's it's I recommend it to everyone. It's incredible, and it just kind of it takes um. It's different authors that kind of talk about indigenous humor and how it relates to culture, and you know, uh, like us as indigenous people. And yeah, it's one of my favorite books, hands down. So that's the one I recommend.
0: Wow, so you would give it five bannocks out of five. Oh yeah, five
1: bannocks out of five.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm going to read that one because I'm a bookworm and I'm always looking for, I'll pick up a new book based on what somebody recommends. I am that person. If someone recommends a book to me, then I'm going to read it. So I will add that to my ever-growing
1: list. (laughs) Awesome, I have one too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what is something that not a lot of people know about you.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, you know what? Okay. This is really funny. Um, <laughs> we'll know about it. Cause that's kind of embarrassing, Okay, but I am deathly, like deathly afraid of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, It is. I know, it's, I know it's weird, but like, I can't even look at them on the TV screen. That's how scared of them I get. Whoa. It's like, Crazy phobia. Yeah. When I was a little girl and I was in daycare, one of my daycare teachers, we were at a farm with everyone. And, you know, I was like admiring from a safe distance. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I see all. This. And so she says to me, you know, Des, go, go, go see them. Go see them. And I said, I don't want to. Like, I ain't about this. I don't want to go anywhere near them. <laughs> and so she forced me to go up to this pig and it charged me. You know, I was just little and it charged me. And ever since then, I've been like, deathly afraid of pigs, and it's not something that I share very often but yeah no. oh yeah. my
0: gosh how are you because yeah when when you're so little like scary things seem like really scary things
1: oh yeah for sure and I just like I guess I never got over it
0: <laughs> okay well I have to know do you like bacon
1: <laughs> oh I love bacon bacon okay, yes. breakfast. oh yeah just don't put me in the same room as
0: awesome oh what a great story wow I I think Desiree you have to write your life story at some point you have to write a book
1: oh that's so funny
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay So this question, and by the way, I don't pre-write these questions out either. I, as I'm listening to my guests talk through the conversations, I formulate them so something will come up and I'll... I love that. Yeah, because it keeps me like, it keeps just the conversation exciting even for me because I don't know what I'm going to ask them. So I can't be held liable for anything. Just kidding. (laughs)
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's> so good.
0: <laughs> All right. So this one came out of just what you shared not too long ago about healthy relationships and about your awesome partner. Describe your perfect date night.
1: Ooh, a perfect date night. Okay. So our typical perfect date night is um at home. We're both homebodies. Like we love being home. We spend the majority of our time with our families, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um like we have our our close friends um but if we we could spend all our time with our families we definitely would so our perfect date night is definitely at home um with our charcuterie board so our favorite foods laid out um you know fruits and veggies and meats and cheeses and all that kind of stuff just kind of like picking at it all night with a great movie comfy clothes um and then right now um where we're living we have an amazing view of the city so we usually Um, spend the later half of our date night out on our patio watching the stars and just having some good old conversation
0: wow that yes I can relate I love that
1: (laughs) yes super laid back super chill but that's just kind of how we are and that's kind of what what we love to do yeah
0: nice yes because you know what i just have to say going to the restaurant the the fun restaurant that you like to go to with your favorite food that is fun but yes where you get to just be home and chill and do exactly what you want to do that yes that's a perfect date night
1: (laughs) yeah totally totally
0: awesome okay all right so this last question please answer it or fill in the blanks if you will Desiree Morso Kisick is.
1: Desiree Morso Kisek is. Ooh, what am I gonna say? Desiree Morso Kisek is unstoppable.
0: Love it. Yes.
1: Yeah, I. Just, you know, I'm at a point in my life now where I'm just starting to do things that I've always written down that I said I'm gonna do. You know, I'm at a point where I'm just like, I just want to live for me. You know, I just want to be happy. I just want to live a life that is all-consuming, full of joy, full of ceremony, full of love, full of family. Um, and that's kind of what I want to do. And Unstoppable in the sense where I'm not going to let other people's thoughts or feelings like I used to hold me back.
0: You are unstoppable, Desiree, and you are a trailblazer and you are helping other indigenous women and indigenous people remember all the beauty about themselves and about their cultures and the power of our voices and you are unstoppable that that is who you are and so much more
1: oh thank you i really appreciate that and i hope everybody that's listening feels that way too you know everybody like creator puts you on this earth with different weaknesses different strengths different gifts Different, you know, you all have your own bundles um that you carry with in, in life with you. And I just I hope that everybody that's listening feels that way too. And if not, I hope that one day that time does come where you feel that same way too.
0: Mm, wow. Well, thank you for sharing so many beautiful, powerful messages. And and I'm taking these and holding them close to my heart and I know everybody who's listening and I just want to say that Desiree, I'm my listener reach. I'm just, you know, it's, it's from different countries in the world. And so it makes me happy that people on turtle Island get to hear these amazing stories. And also people from around the world that get to learn about who indigenous people are, who the to be, the real people are. That's how we say it in Blackfoot and your conversation, your your beautiful messages and your beautiful spirit that comes through your voice. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you for sharing with me and all the people who get to meet you are very lucky because I know they'll walk away with some gifts put in their bundles and and carry that through life you truly are a special strong beautiful indigenous woman Anishinaabe.
1: oh really thank you i really really appreciate that i'm i'm very humbled to have had this opportunity to have met you and you know i had such a great time doing this and um I hope our, our hope our paths cross in person someday. I think that that would be pretty awesome.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, I just have to make that trip out to Manitoba finally to Winnipeg.
1: Yes, I definitely do.
0: <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, you made my day and thank you. And for everybody listening, make sure that you stop by Desiree's website, dcmk.com, as well as on Instagram. I will be taking her in the photos and you can follow along on her incredible journey while she makes other people feel so amazing about themselves and remember the power and beauty that they hold. So In Blackfoot, we don't say goodbye. We say we will meet again. And that's Kadakiramatsen, Kadakiramatsen Desiree.
1: So beautiful. Thank you so much, Andrea, for having me today. It was a pleasure.